Okay. So, hi, guys. Welcome back. I have two special guests. Would you like to introduce yourself? Natasha. Mr. Deji Best. So, tell me about yourself. What do you guys both do? Well, I just graduated from uni. Currently looking for a job. Um, yeah, that's about it. I am a freelancer within digital marketing. Um, and yeah, I think that's what I mainly do. I've got like a few contracts I'm working on at the moment. Okay, first question. What is the gospel? Wow. Are we just starting like that? Just start like that. <laughs> What's the gospel? The good news. But what makes About it the Lord good? Jesus Christ, what he did for us. The good news that good we news. are sinners that need help and there is a saviour. That is what yes. the is. Like we are so bad and that God is so good. Yeah. So in order to have good news, you need bad news. So in a way, we're the bad news. Yeah. Like our- we, deserve, we deserve hell. We deserve Why? We actually do deserve hell because no one is nobody's good. Um there's nothing we can do to reconcile with God. Um, so if we look at it like that, then if the only thing we deserve is hell and there is an option not to, that is good news. But why do we deserve hell? Because we disobeyed God's laws. It's as simple as that. Um, and so if we, in, in normal day-to-day life, if I commit a crime, I pay the punishment. And so if we've gone against God's laws, which we all have, we deserve some sort of punishment, right? Um, and if that's the case, what can we do to reconcile with God? Nothing we can do, really and truly. Um, so he's given us a way out, and so that's what makes it the good news. What's the way out? Natasha will tell us. Freedom of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I think the way out is basically accepting Jesus Christ as your saviour. Um what else can I say? I need to expand more on this. Let me let me think more. I come back. It's accepting Jesus, right? I feel like at the moment there is a big divide as to what exactly that means. Um, I feel like that's the problem that a lot of Christians have at the moment. What does it mean to accept Jesus? Um, I think I think it's about. I think it's more about like recognizing who you are and knowing that only Jesus can save you, but then also knowing that we're not deserving of anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even if I come to Jesus Christ and I do whatever he wants me to do, though I did that, I still don't deserve to go to heaven. But because of his grace, I can still make it. So I think it's important to have this understanding. So it's simply just mm-hmm. faith alone in what Christ did on the cross. Pardon? It so it's just simply faith alone on what Christ did on the cross. Mm, yeah, faith, faith, and knowing that um, God is grateful. <laughs> <laughs> you know it is, yeah. I feel like this is where it gets very technical for techie. a lot. Of people. It's very techy because ultimately, yes, we are saved. Um, by grace, so saved by grace, saved by faith, through grace, one of the two. But saved by grace through faith, through right? faith, yeah. Misuse that and keep it at grace and grace alone, right? And yeah. How come he used it as an excuse to live the life that they always wanted to live, 
but say, you know what, it doesn't matter because I believe in Jesus, right? When I speak to a lot of people, it's John 3.16, for God to look at whoever believes in him um, will not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So if they use it just with that scripture, it means that all you have to do is believe. Like God so loved us that gave his only son that if we believe in his son, we're saved. But I feel like people take that verse itself out of context. No, but no, sorry, not out of context, but they only use half the verse because the rest of the verse says that for God didn't come to condemn the world, um, but to save the world. But the problem is that people condemn themselves because men love the darkness more than the light. Yeah. And that is what the condemnation is. So there's a lot of people who will be shocked when they die because their belief wasn't strong enough to save them because their belief had no substance. So in its purest form, what does it mean to believe? I was researching into it and a belief nowadays is not the same belief that people had in the early days. A belief in the early days meant you're risking your whole life. Mm. A belief nowadays is, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, I can do whatever I want. But back then, if you're announcing that you believe in Jesus, you run the risk of losing your life, of getting killed. The risk was so much greater. It wasn't just, oh yeah, I believe. Yeah, you believe. Oh yeah, we all believe. A mere belief that had no foundation. So we're not saved by any good works. Of course not. But if you say we believe and we repent, that repentance is what is followed by a true belief. I, I, I agree with people that it's only Jesus that saves. Our good works doesn't save us. Um, but you can't now come to encounter Jesus and your life remains the same. That yeah. I think a lot of people, they don't understand exactly what happened on that cross for us to now be saved, if it makes sense. Because all people know is, yeah, he got nails in his hand and his foot, spear in his belly, died, resurrected, three days. But I don't think people understand like what exactly happened on that cross. So I was watching something. Paul Washer, you guys should check him out. That guy's a G. Hey, he's mad, you know? He's mad. I can't lie. He basically described the gospel as in, let's say you're face to face with a judge. You have all evidence that says you committed this crime, right? You deserve to face that penalty. But then someone comes and steps in and says, nah, everything's done. Everything's paid for. So it's like the sacrifice that Jesus, the sacrifice that Jesus made on that cross was to face the wrath of God instead of us. And I feel like a lot of people overlook that because I even overlooked that. I was just thinking, okay, like you died and you woke up three days later. <clears throat> okay, that's fine. But it was like, no, nah, like he suffered the wrath of God so that we didn't have to. And it's like, when you believe in that, I don't think you can stay the same. I actually don't think you can stay the same because what the heck? Someone went to go and, what the heck? No, sorry, you yeah, can't. Yeah. The same again like, like you said right you, you think how the hell can you hear that and still live the life that you're living and as if you don't care and then for me it goes back to like how can you allow him to go through that say you believe in what he's done for you and then you go and do the very things that or you purposely go and do the very things that he's died for oh I like, that's deep i feel like when you when you everything in the bible really and truly links back to one word for me which is love right and so for god so loved the world that here's what he done and i feel mm. like though our good works cannot equate to salvation but for us it should be for we so loved god that here's what we done right mm -hmm. Gave our mm. life. 
you know, surrendered ourselves to him and we tried to the best of our abilities to follow in his ways, right? Of course, we're not going to now say that because I do this or I don't do X, Y, Z, that's the reason why I am saved. That's not the reason why you're saved. Um, yeah. But if you enter into a relationship because you love someone, you don't do the very things that they say that they hate. Because mm-hmm. then, for me, I always say to people, if the world was mute, would everybody know that you're a Christian? But then again, then again, how do you get to love God? Because if I'm a sinner and I never really heard about <clears throat> Jesus, or maybe I did, but then I want to come to him, there must be something else. Like it, I don't think at first sight it's love because then I can't love someone that I don't really know. So then how do I, <clears throat> sorry, how do I now come to God without the love? Love grows I, over time, right? Once you get to someone, love grows over time, yeah. right? So if you enter, I wouldn't say if you, if you enter into a relationship, if there's someone that you are interested in, you find out about them, right? You get to know them. You spend time with each other. And as time goes along, the love you have for this person is growing. So you mm-hmm. start as a Christian and be at that point where you love God. Like there's people like me, for example, when I started my journey, I started my journey because I was afraid of hell. So I didn't even necessarily love God. I was just afraid of hell. But then I really had to come to that conclusion that um, my fear of hell isn't enough to stop me from doing X, Y, and Z. That fear one day will expire. And once it expires, relationship based upon. So then I realized that, whoa, God actually has done all these things for me. Um, Why wouldn't I want to believe in that and follow that? You know, Mm -hmm. if I was that, Love believes all things, talks all things, endures all things, um, love conquers all. So if there's anything that is going to survive more than anything, it's going to be love. And the Bible says that perfect love um, casts out fear. So love is always going to be greater than fear. So why would I base my relationship with God based on something that is fallible? No, but some people get to know God. No, let me not say get to know. Some people read about God, like they study God, but they don't love him. Like they don't end up loving him. They find out, uh, but God did this, God punished this, he did this, and that. Why would I follow a God like that? So how is it different for some people? Do you want to answer that, Natasha? Wait, wait, I'm trying to what's the question again? So Deji said to um what's it to love someone, it's like getting to know the person. Basically it's built through sacrifice. Yeah. There's, people out there maybe atheists or ex-converts right they get to they read the bible they study the bible they know the bible probably more than believers but then they end up saying nah i, I like i don't love god i don't want to follow him why is that the case you know what <clears throat> i was really thinking i feel like i feel like you know when we're when we're born here yeah, we have inside of us this thing of like eternity like i don't think I don't think someone on this earth ever feels like, oh, when I die, that's it. I feel like everybody knows deep down, even if you want to deny it, I feel like everybody knows deep down that there must be something happening after death. And I feel like a lot of people kind of deny the whole Jesus thing because they just want to do what they want to do. Like they just want that. They don't want to face themselves. I feel like there's a conflict. But yeah, I feel like at some point, like, you know, the truth. I feel like even if you don't know the whole truth, you know there's something there. You know there's something out there. And you just don't want to follow it because you want to do your own thing. 
And I think that's what stops a lot of people. Like, they don't want to believe in God. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that because they don't want to follow any rules. They don't want to be restricted. They just want to enjoy life. I mean, which is still fine. But at the end of the day, I feel like everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows the real stuff. Everybody knows that once I die, it's not I die and it's finished. No, you know there's something happening. You know, but you just don't want to face it. At, at the same time, I feel like... I wouldn't say there's nothing wrong with that coming to that conclusion, right? But it's it's more as in if you've consciously made that decision that you choose not to, you've had your opportunity, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's not it's not a thing where you didn't hear about it and and whatnot. I feel like once you've heard about it and you say no, I don't want it, you're making a decision that yeah. I don't want God in this life. So God won't force you to be him in this life. Now let's say you now go and die, which we all will one day. God won't now force you to be with him as well in eternity, yeah. right? The same decision that you're making here is going to kind of be carried on in the afterlife, right? So as you force yeah. yourself away from God here, effectively you force yourself away from God after you die. Do you get it? So if you're making that con- conscious, it's not by force, right? We don't, um, it's not even our work, right? That people change. It's always the work of God. I think it was like John 15, 15, where it's like, you didn't choose me. I, I chose you. Um, yeah. A lot of times there are people where it's God has chosen us and we're kind of following in that direction that God has called us in. Now, this is a and also, I feel like, I feel like people can, I feel like no matter how much you study God, you, 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 you can't fully know him. And okay. I feel like if, if you want to study God, I feel like, I feel like your intentions need to be right. Like, why are you studying God in the first place? Because I feel like if you want to find something I don't know how to explain. I don't know how to put it. But I feel like people that even study God and at the end of the day, they, they still don't want to love him or they still don't want to follow him. I feel like your intentions wasn't to to love him in the first place. Like you didn't want to know him. I don't know what that intention was with you studying God and everything, but I don't think yeah. your intention was to love God or to find him. Because then Cause they I come with like, questions, yeah. Sorry, they come with questions and then you answer the question and then they say, okay, cool, I'll come back. Let me find something else. It's like, your intention isn't to to learn to know and love. Yeah, it's exactly. almost disproved. You get it. So you they bring one thing. Okay, so if God is so loving, why did He do this? And then you answer the question. It's like okay, then they go and find something else. Okay, so then what about? So you're not yeah. you're not knowing to find out the truth or to get to know God. It's almost learning to disprove a lot of people. That's yeah, exactly. It's almost as if whatever they're doing. They just want more reasons to not be with him. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. A simple analogy that I heard of why God done certain things. Because a lot of people, they're like, oh, if God's so loving, Sodom and Gomorrah, oh, the time of Noah, like, da, 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 da. So then it was a thing where it's like, you love black people, you're going to hate slavery. You love children, you're going to hate abortion. So it's like, because God is love, he is going to hate evil. So it's like, the things that we see as evil, yeah, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, the things we see as good, it's like, gee, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because some people, it's like, for example, same-sex marriage. Oh, what's a blessing from God? Yeah. Gee. Okay, I'm not going to get into that right now. But it's like, with God, because he is love, right, hate is going to come with it. Now, his hate is not unjust. His hate is not, uh, 
you know, I don't like the look of this person, I'm going to kill him. No, it's like, I love this person so much, I need to get rid of this. So it's like, what he did on the cross, he loved us so much, he got rid of um, us having to go to hell, right? Our biggest issue, humanly speaking, is sin and death. That is our biggest, like, if our enemy is sin and death, God loved us so much, hated sin and death so much that he sent his only son to get rid of that for us. So it's like, I don't know, understanding God is a, it's a weird thing. Because it's like, yeah, you think, okay, yeah, like I know who God is, but then it's like, no, you don't. Like, there's always more. There's always more. You can never know enough, really. Never, never, I ever. Think you're still going to be asking questions. Because Definitely. Yeah. How would you guys say the gospel has affected society, like, across the world? It depends. Do you want to look at it positive? There is negative, but... Let's look at the negative first. <laughs> I feel like it's been misunderstood sometimes. So people use it to their advantage for their own purpose. Yep. Um, and I feel like, again, the way you interpret certain things is where the, the issue kind of lies. Like the gospel mm-hmm. been, right? um, in its entirety, it's the best thing that we've ever known. But if you don't understand it, I feel like some people try to understand it too much as well. And then it twists their mind. They they don't understand it. And it gets even more complicated than it originally was. I've come to that realization that God is very, very, very simple. Very simple. But we complicate everything. <clears throat> That's my standpoint on a lot of things. There will be certain things we're never going to know. And it's not even our to know. But God is so simple. But we, we just overcomplicate too many things. Mm. That's what I was going to say. <clears throat> what you said so there's this thing called the prosperity gospel and someone said in a nutshell the prosperity gospel is marrying someone just for their money what do you guys think about that i'm not really familiar with that but <laughs> okay prosperity <laughs> gospel yeah it's a very interesting one because again it it's what i've been talking about where people use it to their advantage where it's like I've seen wait, wait, what is it? Sorry, what is it again? Okay, yeah. So the prosperity gospel is mm. basically like Jesus died on the cross for you to have wealth and health, and that's it. For you to be the richest person or like to get sick again. That's what the prosperity gospel is. Like, so they take the abundant life, as in abundant life here, as in you can drive Bentley, like have billion dollar planes, have the finest things. It's all about like, money. Basically. Exactly. If you see yeah. a person Christian, but they're sick, like they, they question yeah. it. You're still living in a council state. They question your belief. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, in a nutshell, it's more like if you want anything, you kind of give. Like the more you give, the more you're going to be the less. So let's say you've got a health issue, like you need to give X amount to see the blessing from God. Um, to some degree, it's almost like using the word of God to manipulate people into mm. people, um, and basing that on the fact that God wants to give you an abundant life and that it's always the will of God for you to be rich. It's always the will of God for you to be blessed. It's always the will of God. If you don't have these things, then clearly you're not giving enough. You're not doing enough to get that blessing. That's what the prosperity gospel basically is. Crazy. So again, that has damaged a lot of people, right? Um, because they've taking what interpreted and 
used it for their own personal gain because that's not the gospel right we've talked about what the gospel is right the gospel is the good news that we're bad god is good and yeah we need a savior and god is our savior in its purest form that is the gospel anything else is benefits and additions to that but it's not the gospel it's like you having a job right you get a job and this is the core of your job now when you have this job there are benefits right you can take holidays you can do this you can do that but that benefit isn't the job so a lot of people use the extras as what the gospel is and they focus on the extras as opposed to the original gospel and yeah. a lot of people now want to get out of that and they realize that their mind is so twisted and they don't see god the way they ought to or if they don't have certain things then yeah god is angry at me i need to give because i haven't given enough or i don't have enough faith so i need to give more it's a very 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 manipulative kind of industry really the like the two major effects of the prosperity gospel is like you have one person who thinks i'm good enough i give back i do a b c and d god loves me he favors me i'm getting into heaven then you have the other set of people that is like well i can't do any of this i'm at despair i'm never going to get saved just because the way the prosperity gospel is presented and it's like it's weird that is very tricky though because if that's what it teaches that sorry where does the salvation part come from like where does you, that come in like when how do you get saved you get saved by giving and you get to heaven the prosperity gospel it's like it can be teached in a in a mosque it can be teached in a synagogue and once you claim a christian message can be teached in those locations it can't be a christian message like i can't go to a mosque and say yeah you're only going to get to heaven through faith in jesus and this and then like, it, it just it doesn't go hand in hand it's like the prosperity gospel is more of a motivational speech it's like yeah. come make sure you're typing make sure you go to the homeless shelter give them food and then it's like okay like you're okay. a good enough person to get to heaven and it's like yeah. you're gonna have some people who think yeah i've been there done that it's like their pride they're prideful then you have the other person who was like well i can never be that good like it's not all the time i see a homeless person that i want to give so it's like that despair and they're thinking great i'm never going to get saved why do i need to decide to follow this course if he has so basically their salvation is based on the works that they do effectively yes makes sense so we're not disputing them we're not saying you shouldn't do these other things right but we're not we're not saying that that's what saves you only jesus will save you your faith in Jesus again that faith for me has to be backed up by what you do right faith without work is dead dead yeah so you can't say oh I believe and your life doesn't show that belief that makes no mm-hmm. sense like yeah. said, you know, right? if the whole world was you would anybody know that you're a Christian do you get it if if it's not by what you said but people looked at your life and how you lived your life would they know that now this person is striving towards being a Christian? I can see that they are staying away from sin to the best of their abilities. Yes, well, human beings, we're always going to make mistakes, right? We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? So we're all going to make mistakes. But again, it's understanding that you can never be good. You are not good. And that only God is good and that we must lean on God's goodness. Where do you guys think the prosperity gospel derived from, though? I guess it's when people stray away from pure intentions 
and they're not sensitive to the voice of God anymore. I feel like, of course, money has been a very, very big factor. Um, and it's been used as a way to extort money out of people. Giving is good. People naturally want to give to others, you know, loving your neighbor and whatnot. But again, it's easy to twist scriptures and manipulate people to give. It's very easy. And if someone sees you as a spiritual religious leader, they're more inclined to listen to you because they feel like you know more than the next person or you're anointed by God. So how many times have I heard in the past, oh yeah, I'm a prophet from God. God has given me this vision. You need to give X amount so that you can receive this blessing. Like, hold up. Why didn't God come to me? Do you get it? Why did he have to go to uh, you? Well, yeah. But a no, lot of people in that. Do you get it? Where it's like, no, that the, the, the prophet said, um, I need to give this because that's what God has said. But again, that is n- literally not biblical. Do you get it? So mm-hmm. it's a very, very interesting one, man. But yeah, I feel like people are not sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and their personal gain has been put in front of everything else. So they put themselves Definitely. with pride. I think, I think it's not that I'm very... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But now I was just going to say, not that I'm very familiar with like this kind of gospel but from what i'm hearing anyway it sounds like it's based more on um people's how do i say this it's based it's not really based on the bible like to a certain extent it kind of is ish but then again as deji was saying it's, it's i think it's a bit twisted like they take a little bit of the bible and they just add it to their own thing and they make a whole thing and just give it to people. So it's not entirely based on the Bible. I think from what I can understand. the prosperity gospel derived from no context and misinterpretation because it's like their basis okay. follows the works that Jesus did, not the faith that he had. It's like, well, oh, a lot of the miracles Jesus did, he healed people. But it's like, why did he heal people? Because it was the will of the Father. Because he had faith in the Father. He believed that the Father told him to do the certain miracle for the certain person. Now, every person that Jesus encountered, did he heal them? No. So it's like they take out certain parts and they just formulate their whole doctrine. Like, for example, this whole life and life more abundantly. To me, I could be wrong, but I feel like that life more abundantly, life in heaven with him, it's like... Like, I don't want to have the world's riches here right now because that's it. But the prosperity gospel, it's like they even refer to us as we are little God. Like we are God. Like we don't have God inside of us. We are God. Because it's like in Genesis, it was like God made man in his own image. And you have people that say, oh, God made us in his own image. God made us like him. We are God. We can God calls nothing into existence so we can call nothing into existence. So it's like they take away all the focus from the faith, from the Father, and they just put it on their works and themselves. Like primarily the gospel is about it's about God. It's about Jesus. But the prosperity gospel makes it seem like it's about you. Everything is about you. But it's like the true gospel, it's not about us, but it's for us. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like along the whole Bible, people have misinterpreted verses. I feel like that's just what it is. And even when you've misinterpreted it, for example, um, it necessarily can still apply. 
but that's not what the Bible meant. If you look at, I think it's Isaiah 53, um, I think it's verse 5, where it was like, he was paired for our trans- transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, um, and by his wounds we are healed, right? A lot of people say, by his wounds, by his stripes we are healed, meaning we have to be healed. It's his will that we are all healed from this sickness, right? But it's actually referring to us being away from God, and that in itself is a sickness, if that makes sense. But because of his wounds, we are now reconciled towards him. But someone else will now come and say, oh no, by his stripes we are healed, meaning that if you're sick, by his stripes you are healed. I'm not saying that it's not God's will to heal. Of course not, because you know the Bible says, go to the elders, use the anointing. In other words, use your faith, but it always has to be in accordance to the will of God. Yeah. And that's what people don't want to hear sometimes, that on oh, my days, it might not be the will of God. So it's almost like, let your will be done. Did Jesus want to die? Oh no, he said, let this cut pass from me, but nevertheless, let your will be done. Yeah. Let your will be done, right? So a lot of people are like, you know what? Going through this problem, the sickness, I want to be healed. And, but let your will be done is the thing that a lot of people don't want to say. I always like to refer to the disciples, especially with this whole prosperity thing. Like Paul, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see Paul riding the finest donkey or whatever mode of transport they had back in the day. Paul was shipwrecked because he wanted to take the gospel to four corners of the world. Peter, I don't think Peter was wearing Gucci and flaunting it all the time. So it's like when you see the lives of the disciples, it's like that's a fruit. A person's life, their life is a fruit of the gospel, and they were never focused on oh, what am I gonna, what am I gonna wear, what am I gonna eat, what am I gonna drive. It was like nah, it's solely to get this message across so it's like when you compare the first christians to christians now it's kind of like some of us are missing the point it's like yeah wear nice clothes get your car if you want to but don't make that your main focus don't say oh i'm a christian because i have like this car makes me a christian this car is a fruit of my faith in christ but the prosperity gospel is weird you should be a christian because i've got a nice car yeah so then now when someone comes to Christ because they want a car and they've got the car, what happens if they now leave because they're only here for the benefit of what you've got, right? So again, how Christians show the world what they have is very, very important. So how has the gospel affected your lives? Go on, Natasha. How has the gospel affected my life? Hmm. She doesn't know. Nah, Dene. There you go. Let me think. Let me gather my thoughts. Okay, let me speak. I'm a sinner that is saved by grace. That is what I am. I'm just a sinner. Um, but authority, that's what it is. We're so bad. I'm I'm a bad person. Like I've never been good and I can never to to that standard be good. So I feel like that's how it's affected my life. It's changed the course that I was on because I was walking away from God. Mm-hmm. Um as an enemy of God really and truly and the gospel has made me turn to walk towards God and I'm walking towards God and I pray to stay on this journey until I die and I meet God so that's how it's affected my life it's changed the way I have thought the way I act um, the people I hang around with the places I go the things that I do it's affected my way of life completely for me I feel like as Deji said as well my mindset completely changed. Like the way I see myself and the way I see others, the way I love myself and the way I love others, the way I treat people and the way I treat myself, like making me understand how like 
if I don't love myself first, I can never love others. And also, how do I put it? I've understood as well the love of God for me as well. Like, how it's so deep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so deep. Oh, my goodness. Like, the sacrifice that is made for me, for me to be where I am today. Like, it's so deep. The fact that I'm not deserving of anything, but then I'm still here. And I'm still, like, I'm still here. I'm still able to, like, affect people in a positive way. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but for me, I just feel like... You deserve nothing from God. Ba- yeah, basically. The fact that I'm not deserving of anything, but I'm still here and I'm still taking... Not taking advantage, but I'm still living because of the love of God. For me, I feel like that is completely deep. I feel like it's so deep. So then, based on that, it kind of affected the way I give to people, the way I treat people, the way I treat myself and how I am as well towards God. The fact that even if right now I'm still, I'm in the, I wouldn't say good, well, I'm in a good place. Like, yeah, I'm good with God and everything, but I'm still understanding that, yes, I'm in this position, but I still don't deserve anything. But then you're still here for me. It's like, yeah, yeah I don't know how to explain it. For me, I feel like it's, it's deep, deep. It's very deep. I feel like the gospel has, it revealed my true state because before I used to think like I'm not a bad person. Like if I see someone crying, like I'm gonna give you a helping hand. But it was like the gospel kind of showed to me that your heart was never in the right place. It's like before, if I went to go and help someone, it's like I'm doing it because I want to feel good about myself. I want to have personal gain. Like I don't actually want to help you. I just want to make it seem like oh yeah, I'm this good person. But the gospel is like no one is good. Don't ever try to be good because like you won't get it. You actually yeah. won't. Like, no and matter then, what you do, you're never good enough. Yeah, so don't you ever think for like, a second. The gospel is like when you realize like nothing you do look like it will make you to be a good person. You're thinking, oh. But then it's like, but well, you know, someone was good and perfect for you and paid the price for you. So like you can be good. Yeah. So it's like the gospel. It really did change my mind. Yeah. Even now, sorry, if anyone is like, oh, you're such a good person, you're so kind-hearted, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm oh, actually not. You're definitely not. <laughs> get a grip, get a grip. <laughs> but then I also feel like, I also feel like as Christians as well, I feel like the gospel kind of, you know, when you dip the, when you dip the Bible and everything, I feel like at some point, for me anyways, I feel like at some point in my life, in my journey with God and everything, I felt like the actions that I was taking and the person that I was becoming can, could almost be equal to what God has done for me. And I feel like, you know, when you first start your journey with God and everything and then you're becoming a good person and, and you're doing all these works and you're gassed about yourself and you're thinking, nah, yeah, I'm saved, man. Nah, there's no way I can't be saved because of everything I'm doing. It's almost as if like I was like I was trying to equal what God has done for me. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh yeah, like, I get I, I feel like if sorry to disturb, but I feel like <laughs> you ask most people I know I don't know why I said that. But if you ask most people <laughs> around you, yeah how do you know that you're saved yeah i feel like most people would say because i don't do this and i don't based on their works i don't do x y and z right based yeah on, yeah based on that here's what jesus done that i'm so bad i'm a sinner i'm saved by grace briefly you get it yeah that 
I, I, there's nothing I could do to get salvation. Do you get it? Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not even deserving of it, mm-hmm. but my faith is in Christ and I'm remaining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't do this. Uh, you see, I don't lie. I don't steal. I don't do this and I don't do that. And if you're based yeah. on that, but then there's so many things in terms of sin that you do do, right? To him, he yeah, yeah. doesn't do good. That is sin. You saying I do this and all of that, all of that stuff, all right? Is that not pride? So yeah, exactly. That's another sin in itself, right? So then if you're basing it on death, <laughs> That's two things I've just said that yeah that not enough to take you to hell if you're basing it on work. So exactly based 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 on what I said, I mean I don't know if you remember, but one time we were having a discussion where I was saying that imagine you're in a situation where you're so broke, like you're so broke, and I come and I give you like what one pound or five pounds. In that moment, it means so much, yeah. But then imagine tomorrow I have so much money and I come and I pay you back. Do you feel like it's the same? Like, do you feel like that one pound or five pounds that I gave you when you were so broke can compare to you having money and you paying me back. Do you feel like it's the same? For me, I feel like it's not the same because at that moment, I completely had nothing. Like I was completely broke and that meant everything to me. That, like the food, and the love, it meant everything to me. Whereas now I'm cool, I'm rich and I can give you back the money. I feel like that can never compare. I feel like, and that's, kind of how i see it with jesus as well the fact that i came and i was completely nothing i was nothing i was broken but then you still gave me something i don't know if i, I don't know if i make sense but get it i get it yeah the final question how do you know you're saved didn't i just say it no but no, you didn't you, are you saved i mean like, how does one know that they're truly saved I think it's, uh, it, again, it goes back to what I was saying about you need to believe in Jesus. Only Jesus saves, right? So it's yeah. not based on how good I am, my works and whatnot. But again, a belief in Jesus for me is always followed by true repentance. A turning away from what is wrong and walking towards what is right. Yeah. So that's the only way you're going to be saved. Not because you are a good person, but because Jesus has paid the price for you and you've accepted that and that has changed your life completely you can't tell me that someone said it paul washer he said you know what look let's say i came to this meeting and i was late yeah and i told you that i was hit by a truck because i was trying to fix my car on the motorway and a lorry hit me at full speed and then that's why i'm late you would say how is that possible that you were hit by a lorry and you're Good condition, right? And then it's like, how can you tell me that you've had an encounter with Jesus, who is as a force stronger than any lorry that you could ever think of, right? So you've had an encounter with Jesus, and nothing has changed. That doesn't make any sense. So if you if you claim that you know what Jesus is the Lord of my life, and I've had an encounter with Jesus, and you're still living the exact same life that you've had before, you need to ask yourself, what force did you have an encounter with? Because it couldn't have been Jesus. Yeah, met Jesus had to have a change of life a change of heart a change of mind something yeah. changed now though you are changing it's not because yeah now that i'm evangelizing now that i'm you know striving towards good that's the reason why i'm saved only faith in jesus will ever save you but that faith is not because of what you said it's because you batch that faith with some sort of action yeah definitely and to add on top of what Deji said do you know how many good people are gonna go to hell on this earth too many good how many good people are going to go to hell it's crazy it's the just to show that like it's not based on whatever you do 
that's not what makes you saved. It's the grace yeah. of God. Yeah. It really is a grace. Because we don't deserve it. Deep Because if you're basing it on work, right, then you're always going to be like, have I done enough to be saved? Um, how do I know I'm saved? But I'm on my day. Exactly. Our, our works are filthy rights to God. That's the thing. Basically. People are, oh yeah, on oh my days, what if I do this? What if I just, on oh my days, I made a mistake yesterday. On oh my days, if I die now, you'll be paranoid. Like, honestly, you'll be paranoid. But I feel like a lot of Christians are trying to be perfect. That's yes. what standard that you can never reach, right? Perfection. There's only one who will never. Never. That's Jesus, right? But you're trying to hit a standard that only Jesus has ever met. And then mm-hmm. that leads you to be disappointed, right? Yeah. You're shooting for perfection and you always fall short of it. So you're going to be disappointed and you feel like I'm never good enough. I'm never good. I, I, I can't reach that level. And I feel like that's the one thing about a lot of Christians where you will never be perfect. And that's not an excuse for you to go and live the life that you want. Hell no. But it's for you to remember that you are a sinner in need of saving. And the only one that will save you is Jesus. Keep your faith in Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus until you die. That's it. That, that, is, that is literally it. Do you guys have any final words to say to wrap it up? Jesus is best. Oh my gosh. On Jesus is good. You're never good enough. Don't you ever think you're ever good? You're only never good he, enough. Only God is good. Only Him. Only Him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, one more thing to add, right? They said good teacher, and he was like, good teacher, why do you even call me good? Right, so Jesus, who came as a human, oh my gosh, Jesus, humble, uh, humble, as, as a, humble, as a, humble, humble. I cannot, I cannot. He said, "I'm not good enough. Not even I am good. Only God is good." Right. So if Jesus is not even claiming to be good, who are you to be saying that I'm good? I'm allowed. Like, Seriously, look at yourself. You think? You're... Get out of there. Final thing: we're not good. We will never be good. God is good. God will always be good. Jesus was good for us. That's the only way we reconcile to God. Not because of us. Yeah because of jesus and the sacrifice so yeah man stop thinking you're good because you're not you're not sorry to you're break not. It, guys but you're not good i'm not so good to break the pride, but I'm none of us would what did you say i think <laughs> so anyways thank you guys for your time and i'll love to be back here next episode <laughs>